Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Kia ora and welcome to Elemental. I'm Professor Alan Blackman from the Auckland University of Technology and in this RNZ podcast we are indulging my passion for chemistry and for the periodic table. And I'm Alison Balance and Alan, you're doing a great job exciting this chemistry novice <laughs> about chemistry. So what have we got today, Professor? Well, this is episode 61 and so that means that we are up to polonium today. And as we'll find out, there are two names that are inextricably linked with this radioactive metal, those names being Curie and Litvinenko. Well, let's start with Curie, since their association with this well-known poison somewhat precedes the unfortunate Litvinenko, who became famous, one could say, for all the wrong reasons. So, vital stats and the Curie connection, please. Okay, vital statistics, elemental symbol PO, atomic number 84. And so that puts it down in the bottom right-hand side of the periodic table amongst the heavy metals. And I guess as we've alluded to already, polonium was first identified by uh, Marie and Pierre Curie in 1898. And it was named polonium. And obviously that name comes from Poland, which was the home country of Marie Curie. And the name Poland actually comes from the Latin Polonia. Hmm. And it's really kind of interesting to realise that uh, at the time that the element was uh, both discovered and named, um, Poland actually didn't exist, (laughs) which we sort of think of these European countries as as having existed forever. Um, But sadly, Poland at that stage was carved up between Prussia, Russia and Austria. And in fact, it didn't become an independent country as it had been previously until 1918. So that's a bit of a political statement then. I, <laughs> my country may not exist, but it can <laughs> damn well have an element named after it. Yeah. Now, when we did the Curium and Meitnerium episode way back when, mm-hmm. celebrating those famous women chemists with elements named after them, we talked about pitch blend. So is polonium one of those elements that they found in pitch blend? Yes, indeed it is. And it's in fact the first element that they discovered. Just to recap, pitch blend is a uranium ore, but does contain some other radioactive elements. They were a bit tentative. They were studying the pitch blend and what they said was that they believed that they had found a heretofore unknown metal. And then they also found radium, which was actually isolated a few months later. Now, the reason that they were studying this pitch blend, this uranium ore, was that it was more radioactive than it should have been if there was only uh, uranium in it. So, in fact, it was emitting around about four times as much radioactivity uh, as it should have been if uranium was the only radioactive substance in there. So lots and lots and lots of toil and hard work later, they basically came up with polonium and radium from this. 
Now, particularly with polonium, not everybody agreed with their discovery, and there was controversy about this for a few years. And in fact, it wasn't until 1910 that Marie Curie and André-Louis de Bien identified it with certainty. And by that time, poor old Pierre, remember, got run over by a carriage in Paris, and he had died. But uh, in 1911, Marie won the Nobel Prize for Chemistry for the discovery of polonium and radium. So how common is polonium? <laughs> well, the answer would be not very. If you're lucky, you will get sort of on average around about 100 micrograms per tonne of pitch blend. And in fact, the most polonium that's ever been isolated from a natural source was in fact 9 milligrams uh, from 37 tonnes of ore. So you can see really it's, there's not a heck of a lot of it in the Earth's crust. And so instead of isolating it naturally... Nowadays, it's made in nuclear reactors, and the way that that is done is by bombarding a bismuth isotope with neutrons. Now, it is, no surprises here, extremely radioactive, and a nice little fact here that if you have a gram of the pure metal, which is not very much, it will self-heat to 500 degrees Celsius as a result of its radioactive decay. And so that tells you something about... Uh, it's radioactive decay being extremely energetic. And um, the type of decay that it undergoes is a thing called alpha decay. And that results in the emission of what is called an alpha particle. And these are made up of two protons and two neutrons. And so they get ejected from the nucleus, these alpha particles. And when an atom of polonium does this, it turns into uh, an atom of lead and gives out lots and lots of energy. So these are very energetic particles, these alpha particles. And it's the latter, it's the energy that makes polonium dangerous, certainly when it's in contact with the human body. And just how dangerous? Well, it has been estimated that the maximum permissible mass of polonium in the body is around about 10 to the minus 12 grams. 10, 10 to, to the, the minus, minus 12. 12. A millionth of a millionth of a millionth of a gram. It's probably just a few atoms. Oh, no, it's not. No, <laughs> oh. it's not. Remember that first-year chemistry story? <laughs> okay. So, in fact, on a weight basis, it's around about a trillion times more toxic than hydrocyanic acid, or HCN, which is frightening, actually. And doubtless, uh, it was because of this toxicity that a person or persons unknown decided to murder the Russian, quote-unquote, dissident journalist, Alexander Litvinenko, and he ingested what was thought to be a milligram of polonium-210 in 2006 in a cup of tea. Now, obviously, if your maximum sort of safe mass is around about 10 to the minus 12 of a gram and you ingest a milligram, you're not really coming back from that, unfortunately. You are in deep radioactive trouble. Oh, yes. And, of course, polonium, so unlike milk, it's not the sort of stuff that you can whip down to the mm -hmm. corner dairy to buy, really. Mm. Um, so only governments are going to have their hands on this stuff. And, obviously, given its dangerous nature, you'd have to be highly trained to use it. So perhaps you can <laughs> draw your own conclusions on that one. Because the murder is still actually unsolved, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes. Very interestingly, there was another case uh, shortly after Litvinenko, in fact, it was thought that Yasser Arafat may well have also have been a victim of polonium poisoning. And his body was exhumed and samples were sort of sent all over the world to analyse for polonium. Uh, and apparently the French, the Swiss and the Brits said, uh, yes, it was polonium poisoning. And the Russians said no. Kill surprise. <laughs> <laughs>
So is it actually used for anything other than killing dissident journalists and um, <laughs> Palestinian politicians? <laughs> well, the fact that it's so damn toxic uh, makes it very good at those things, but doesn't really give it very many uses. Didn't so, think so. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was once used, uh, may still be possibly, as an anti-static material in textile mills. And so its radioactivity, in fact, causes the static electricity just to dissipate into the air so it doesn't sort of stick on surfaces and stuff. And so obviously in a textile mill, you don't want all those sort of threads and stuff charged up with static. So it was certainly used to do that. Anti-static brushes to remove dust from photographic film, things like that. So good old spacecraft, that seems to be the use of a lot of radioactive material. So it's been used as a heat source in spacecraft. And really interestingly, if you make an alloy of it with beryllium, this ends up giving off lots of neutrons. So you can use this as a portable neutron source. And in fact, sadly, this was uh, the mixture that was used to trigger the first atomic bombs. Well, all around, polonium is sounding like quite an unpleasant element. <laughs> yes, and uh, you're, you're absolutely right. And there's, there's really a sort of an ironic and, and rather tragic story. So uh, Marie Curie's daughter, uh, Irene Joliot-Curie, and she also was a Nobel Prize winner for chemistry. Uh, she won that in 1935. And some have thought that she may well have been a casualty of polonium as well. She was obviously working with radioactive compounds, and in 1946, there was a capsule of polonium that exploded in her laboratory. And some have thought that it was, in fact, this that led to her death from leukemia some 10 years later. But sad. And yes, all you smokers out there, if you need another reason to give up smoking, polonium-210 accumulates in tobacco plants. And as a result, cigarettes are actually quite high in polonium. Cigarette smoke exposes heavy smokers to the radiation equivalent of having 300 chest X-rays a year. That's Ooh. nearly one a day, folks. And the alpha radiation from the polonium causes thousands of deaths a year. Right. That's enough of a death toll for a single episode <laughs> of Elemental. This has been an episode about an element that really has no redeeming features as far as I can tell. Uh, there are plenty more episodes with fewer deaths in them <laughs> in our capacious audio archive stretching all the way back to the A's. And you can find all of them at rnz.co.nz slash chemistry. And they are also all on your favourite podcast app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whichever you prefer to use. So thanks for your company today. We are back next time with potassium. But until then, it's goodbye from me, Alan Blackman. And me, Alison Balance. Matewa. Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.